0: minimum balance required.
1: And now it's time for a deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo show only on the fan. Here we go. Thursday Buck Baloo show here on the fan. Appreciate you hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Road dog in the house. He checks the box. DT ready to go. How about you? You ready to listen? Obviously, you're listening to The Fan on 680 and 93.7. Also, you can listen online and watch the show at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app. Shouldn't they have already gotten that by now? Listen anywhere, anytime, crystal clear. Now, the postseason coming up, Braves baseball. You don't want to miss any of the action. We're the home of the Braves. I think it's sort of the older generation that knows nothing about the apps. Got to get these boys coached up. All right, we are lined, locked, and loaded, lined up, ready to roll today. Let's get it started. Bucks, Big. Tank. All right, the UAB Blazers head coach Trent Delfer is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. With the Ravens. And he says Saturday's matchup with number one Georgia at Sanford Stadium will have a better atmosphere than the Super Bowl. People are shrugging their shoulders, I would imagine, saying, what? Say what? Better atmosphere than the Super Bowl. Well, you know what? He's exactly right. I've been to around 10 Super Bowls, and the atmosphere is underwhelming. Sanford Stadium's going to be sold out. The game's going to be played under the lights. And the one major difference is the Super Bowl is played in front of a boring corporate fan base. UAB will be playing in front of a crazy, loud, Georgia Bulldog crowd of 93,000-plus. Think of 93,000 road dogs in the stadium. It's going to get crazy up in there, especially during that red light show and when the dogs do something special. Folks, the atmosphere between a big-time college football showdown And the Super Bowl, the atmosphere is not even close. And it's because you got all these corporate folks going to the Super Bowl, taking up most of the seats. And when you get, uh, you know, between the hedges, you get a bunch of crazy Georgia fans that are looking to get in there and raise a little hell. It's what they're looking to do. So there you go. There's a big take brought to you by Ace Hardware. Uh, find your local Ace at AceHardware.com. So, Rodog, uh, you agree, man? I mean, come on, the Super Bowl you got a folks just a uh, bunch of folks just sitting down, uh, corporate. They don't have a dog in the fight. Well, there'll be a lot of dogs in the fight come Saturday over at Dooley Field.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think you're, uh, Trent, and you are spot on. When it comes to the Super Bowl, and Derek said it right before you said it back here on this side of the glass, it's just a corporate atmosphere. There's so little fans that can get in there between all the corporations that get sponsorship ties, uh, players that get tickets. You just don't have the passion that comes out of the stands into the uh, onto the field. But when you get to Athens on Saturday, you're going to have, like you said, 93,000 Road Dogs, which is a little (laughs) bit less than 93,000 Hoyts because those would be drunk and passed out. Did you go third person? (laughs) Yes. I just quoted what you said. I don't know to call it myself. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to get loud and get passionate. And when those lights come on in the fourth quarter, something that the Georgia fan base has been starving for, they got a little taste of it a couple weeks ago, they're going to get loud and get excited and hyped for it.
1: Yeah, and I hear it all the time, you know, when are we going to play a game under the lights? Uh, in fact, we uh, got a, a parent with our high school football program that is a big Georgia fan, and every time I bump into him at one of our high school games, he's talking about, hey, man, when, when are we going to get a game under the lights so we can get in there and raise, uh, raise a little cane? And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see that red light show, man. I mean, that's what they're saying can't wait to get out there under the lights it's just something special
2: and it happened against ball state you know these are games that usually yeah that
1: started st- like in daylight
2: day, it did uh it, these are games that usually people leave at halftime during because you know it's kind of a, a cupcake blow but they stuck around at during ball state for that light show and i expect them to do the same here uh this saturday for uab they're going to stick around for the fourth quarter for that light show Yeah, there's no doubt
1: about it. So uh, it's going to be exciting. And it'll probably be a blowout. And hopefully Georgia will score some points in the first quarter. So the uh, majority of these Bulldog fans have been so upset with the slow starts. What's going on with the slow starts? Come on, Bobo. Call better plays. What's the deal? How come we don't put 40 in the first quarter on them? So we don't hear any of that going on. So here we go, Georgia and UAB. Final exhibition game for the dogs this season. I'm sure Urban Meyer won't be impressed. All right, want to talk a little Braves as we get started here. A little frustrating watching that one go down yesterday afternoon. Uh, Bryce Elder didn't have his good stuff. And then you had A.J. Mentor. Uh, what's going on with A.J.? I mean, you couldn't throw a strike. And this could potentially be a problem come postseason time. And, look, I, I bet A.J. is not locked in right now. A little downtime coming off uh, clinching the postseason spot, and he's not locked back in again. But, And I'm not concerned about the home field advantage either. Not concerned about that. And I don't think the uh, Braves team – players and the staff, I don't think they're really concerned about it either. I believe we're up three and a half games on the Dodgers with 10 games to play to lock down that National League home field edge. But I think this uh, home field uh, to me is a bigger deal for the fans and the media than it is for the Braves team. I don't think they're focused on that. They're looking at resting up a couple of these guys, Uh, getting them a little bit, let them recharge the batteries, a little downtime, uh, and then get them locked back in as we head into the postseason, the final couple games of the regular season. I believe that's what the Braves' focus is, auditioning some of the bullpen dudes. We're seeing a lot of that going on. Going to give you a little bit of an audition, see where you're at, see if we can use you in the uh, the NLDS, first series the Braves are going to play in. I don't think it's uh, the home field edge is that big a deal to the players. You know, it's a big deal to the fans and the media, and I believe that's the case because we don't want to travel. I mean, the fans want the, as many home games as you can get right across the sidewalk there at Truist Park. And I believe a lot of the media is the same way. You don't have to get on a plane to do the a uh, plane and train and automobiles thing uh, uh, to get to a road venue. It's a hassle. It makes the work tougher. So the fans and the media, they want all these home games we can get. Uh, Braves players, uh, when you play 162 and 81 of them are on the road, I, you know, they, they wake up most days, even when they're at home, and saying, okay, where are we at and who are we playing? Doesn't really matter. Home field edge. To the players, it's not a big deal. So not really uh, checking to see what the Dodgers did last night. Braves, 10 games remaining in the regular season. They uh, woke up this morning in the nation's capital and are getting ready for a four-game series with the Washington Nationals. Four and two against these guys in the season series. And we play them seven times. In the next ten games, as we try to uh, get this thing back on track and get these players locked back in, Freed gonna go tonight, seven o five start, game one of the four game series. And uh, can we make sure that Freed's blister situation is okay, please? I mean, they've already pushed him back. I, I would think let's push him back a little further. Get this blister thing where it's not a non factor going into the postseason. I mean, the last thing I want to see tonight in this game is is Snit going out to get Freed in the third inning with Freed looking down at his fingertips and saying, "I got a blister, boss." A little concerned about that. All right, coming back on the other side, man. We are going to bounce through. This is one of the bigger weekends in college football in recent memory, so we're going to hit some of these big matchups. Going to have Chip Towers is going to hang. We'll talk Bulldog football. That is to come. you got the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
3: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy
4: at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil.
1: show here on the fan 10 o'clock hour sponsor dupree plumbing go with the plumber i trust and score 50 dollars off your next plumbing service more info at dupreplumbing.com. we had the kids shower that need a little help boy they came in and took care of business they can do the same for you love dupree and you will too uh, also, I uh, hope you're going to be a part of uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Light the Night as a uh, community. We're going to come together, celebrate, and honor, remember those touched by blood cancers. Hope you'll join 680 the Fan in support of Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Light the Night coming up Saturday, October the seventh, seven thirty in Piedmont Park. Help 680 and LLS uh, reach their fundraising goal. Hope you'll. Uh, Coming out to Piedmont Park for this 1.5-mile walk. To get registered, uh, your team, yourself, your company, go to lightthenight.org. Or to donate any amount of money, go to 680thefan.com slash LLS. All
2: right,
1: man, big weekend in college football. It's going to be awesome. Hope your team wins. And Georgia fans, I hope the uh, Bulldogs have a tremendous high-scoring first quarter. As if that matters, right? Yeah, I don't really get the uh, the concern there. All right, uh, Ole Miss and Alabama. 3.30 kickoff in Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss coming in looking good. Number 15, 3-0. Alabama coming in 2-1. They're number 13. But, boy, I tell you, Crimson Tide fans, they are hiding out right now. Tied six-and-a-half-point favorites. They are outside the top ten for the first time in eight years. And I'm going to blame it on their new offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Came in from Notre Dame. And, buddy, he is under the microscope. You think Mike Bobo is getting criticized. You ought to hear what they're saying across the state line over in Alabama. They are killing Tommy Reese. Roll down tide. And they're going to have to score to beat the Rebels. They typically score a lot of points. Lane Kiffin and his offense. Look, here's the problem with Reese, all right? These Alabama quarterbacks... When you look at their QBR, they're, they're like the worst in 224 games under Nick Saban. I mean, there has not been any worse quarterback play than what they're getting right now. And Saban's worried. And he's worried about Tommy Reese. Reese, I'll tell you what he should be doing this week. He should be looking to retrofit this offense to Jalen Milrow. And see, Tommy Reese, he is, his philosophy, he is determined that, number one, he's going to run that football. It's going to be a physical running game with him calling the plays. And then he's going to run action fake off the run game. Play action fake. Well, (laughs) that's not Milrow's game. Milrow is more effective outside the pocket. Or running those RPOs his skill set allows the offensive coordinator to take advantage of the defense by employing a mobile quarterback out on the perimeter running and passing the ball outside the pocket so Tommy Reese has got to adjust his philosophy I don't understand what's so hard to understand and adjust his play calls to fit what Milrow can do folks this isn't rocket science It's just good coaching. You got a mobile quarterback, you put him in a position where he can take advantage of the strength, uh, the mobility. You don't want him standing in the pocket reading defenses, trying to throw accurate footballs. Come on, man. I mean, the best I can tell if this doesn't change, if Ole Miss beats Alabama. If I was Tommy Reese, I'd go ahead and uh, load up the suitcase and get ready to move on out of Tuscaloosa. Gone. Alabama, six-and-a-half-point favorite. And I bet Lane Kiffin's feeling pretty good about things right now. Uh, Deep South game of the week. It's going to be Florida State and Clemson. Got a noon kickoff in this one. Death Valley, number two. I've got Baton Rouge, Death Valley, number one. And Dabo, he's going to touch that rock and he's going to sprint down that hill and he's going to pull a hamstring on the way to the sideline. He'd call that a win because he didn't fall running down the hill. But, boy, the Tigers are going to be all fired up in front of that home crowd. The Seminoles have lost seven in a row to Clemson. And don't you know that keeps, keeps Norvell and the Seminole team especially the guys that have been there two, three years, it keeps them up late at night. They've lost seven in a row to Clemson. So don't you know they're determined to put an end to that one right there. Seminoles need to load up against this Clemson running game and, look, expose their secondary to the big play. Uh, Clemson wants to run the football. I mean, they're wide receivers. They're passing game. It's not scaring anybody right now. But the Clemson fans, that's the only people that's scaring their passing game so bad. They don't have any big-time receivers. They're not scoring anybody. And you got the Seminoles with that elite passing rush. I mean, they get after the quarterback, brother. So look for Clemson to try to run that football. Uh, Jordan Travis, the quarterback for the Seminoles, his offensive line has done a really nice job in pass protection. And he's a guy that can hurt you in the pocket and outside the pocket. Look, Florida State's got the better team. It's the dead gun State. But you can't ignore the Tigers' success in Death Valley. I think they've won like 42 out of 43. I think that's really cool. And regardless of who wins this game, Florida State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And if I had to bet today, I'd take the Seminoles. How about the Tigers? But regardless whether Clemson or Florida State wins, expect to see a rematch in the ACC championship game. You're going to see see this game again. All right, let's go to the Yankee game of the week. Uh, We used to do this uh, years ago, and it was sort of a dig at Kincaid. The Yankee college football game of the week, and you know what it it is this week. That's right, the Buckeyes taking on Notre Dame. Buckeyes number six, Notre Dame fighting Irish number nine. 7.30 kickoff under the lights up at Notre Dame. Ohio State coming in a three-point favorite. But for a Yankee game, it's
5: about as much interest as you're going to have in a Yankee game, huh? I imagine. Oh,
1: yeah, this is, is <laughs> as big as it comes. Yankee game of the week. Maybe if Penn State was involved. I was about to say Penn State and Michigan yeah, the probably only, Michigan the only other, other count, one. Yeah. You know, Ohio State, Notre Dame. This is the biggest Yankee game you'll ever see. Irish are uh, trying to shake up their reputation. DT, take a guess. What is Notre Dame's reputation? What am I about? What am I about to get to right here? Ah, uh, they're well coached,
5: disciplined.
1: Yeah. No, nope, that's not it. Playing
5: solid defense, they running get football. killed
1: in these big time <laughs> matchups. Yeah. Overrated they, Notre Dame. They got to shake the reputation over the last twenty five years of losing. It seems like every big game they play in, Notre Dame's come up short. They're trying to change the narrative. Where and this would be a good time to do it. And let me tell you, I think they've got as good a shot of doing it, changing the narrative, knocking off Notre uh, Notre Dame, knocking off Ohio State in this game. And and I'm going to say one reason why. One reason. Notre Dame has one of college football's top quarterbacks in Sam Hartman. He has played in 150 games, it seems like. Actually, it's not that much, but he's been around a minute. Ton of experience. Notre Dame's offense looks pretty strong to me. They can run it. They can throw it. Hartman making a lot of good, quick decisions, really accurate with the football. They scored 40-plus four games in a row. This Ohio State defense, they've got their work cut out for them in this matchup. Meanwhile, Ohio State is trotting a quarterback out that has not ever played in a big game yet. Now, he's driving that Mercedes around campus with that NIL deal. Sam McC- uh, Kyle McCord is looking good driving around campus in that Mercedes. But there's a huge unknown on how he's going to perform under the bright lights on the road against a quality fighting Irish team. It's going to be a hostile environment in there. Ohio State favored by three. Right now, today... I think I'd be taking uh, taking Notre Dame plus the three. And then the uh, game of the week. Sam Blue, you hadn't hit the game of the week yet? Well, no. It's, come on, the game of the week is Colorado-Oregon. You disagree, DT? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like- Oh no, not I don't. Well,
5: I I I got a bad feeling. The uh, the perfect season for Colorado comes to an end here. I just I unfortunately I don't have Colorado or uh, Oregon Stingers here to play for you. That's so that just makes me sad. Yeah,
1: it's it's good. You think
5: you think Colorado makes us a good game?
1: Uh, Oregon favored by 21. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of, Buck. Yeah, 21. And especially with
5: all the attention on uh, on Colorado, all the people probably betting on Colorado, that number number's probably even smaller
1: than maybe it should be. i tell you, I'm I'm focused on two things. One, you got Prime, and he's matched up against Dan Lanning, the former Georgia defensive coordinator, head coach at Oregon. Slight now. contrast in styles and personalities there. Well, I think Dan has got plenty of personality. No, I don't I mean think that. think he's going to be overwhelmed by Prime. But that is a really good coaching, head coaching matchup right there. And then uh, quarterback, you got Shadour Sanders, who's playing at a high level quarterback for the Buffs, and you got Bo Nix playing at a really high level for the Ducks. And if I ask, speaking of guys who have played in 150 college games, if I ask you who the offensive coordinator was for Colorado, would you be able to tell me?
5: Um. No, not right offhand, but I remember he came in from another system. It's all brought about in.
1: prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about shadower, Right? You don't even know. Most people don't even know who it is. What was the smaller
5: school he came from, brought in that high-tempo offense?
1: Yeah, it was Kent State. Ah, there you go. Yeah, Sean Lewis is his name. Kent State, he was the head coach there for five years. He left as the head coach and took the offensive coordinator job at Colorado. He's got a lot more eyes on him than he did last season, though, huh? And you're right. He is a guy that believes in in running a fast-paced offense, but it's a balanced offense. They're going to throw it. They're going to run it. It's tremendously balanced. They're going to run it at a a fast pace. And so this is going to be a really interesting matchup on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, Oregon typically runs that under Lanning, the spill and kill defense. You know what that one is, spill and kill? I mean, clog it up, uh, take That on means the they're going to plug up that A and V gap with, uh, that, outside, with the down lineman, and it's going to for force... The offense to bounce the run outside. And so they're relying on the linebacker and safety and the nickelback to fly to the edge. Spill and kill. So actually, I'm looking forward to seeing some of this when a 3 o'clock kickoff up in Eugene, Oregon. And the Ducks are favored by 21. And there you go. Some of what's going on. With uh, college football this weekend, looking forward to it, this actually is one of the bigger weekends as far as top 25 matchups go over the last ten years. So there's going to be a lot to keep up with. And you know what I found, even though I'm a huge Braves fan, is that um, you know the Braves sort of get lost with all the college football on Saturday. All right, we got uh, Chip Towers lined up. Let's hear from Nick Saban, though, first. Can we go back and hear from Saban talking about, you know, this is the biggest story in football here in the Deep South is the Alabama quarterback situation. What's going on with the Crimson Tide offense? Uh, Milroe has been inserted back in as the starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide. Here was Saban talking about how Milrow has practiced this week. He's doing good. You know, I think his energy has been good. Uh, I think his attitude has been great. And um, I think the execution on the field has been good. So it's been good. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Milrow looking to play a little better. Tommy Reese is the guy under the microscope to me. Uh, if you're a guy that knows football, knows offense, you got to know what Milrow can do. At this point, I don't think Tommy Reese really understands. I bet Nick Saban's told him this week, though. How many meetings, individual meetings, has Reese, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, and Nick Saban had this week?
5: Three? I was going to say more than a couple. Bucks. Seven yeah. might not be the only SEC coach doing it. Meet
1: early in the morning and mm-hmm. late at night, talking about his game plan on this one. We've heard about that grind for years now. Guys working under
5: Saban, it's it's a rough, tough grind. But if you succeed, you are going to advance your career quite a bit. So, he's got his work cut out for him. And Buck, yeah, it goes back. Work your offense. Work with the players that you have. Don't don't some of these coaches the are personnel. So. It just doesn't
1: make sense. I mean, they're going to say we're going to do what I. I want to do. It's got nothing to do with that the personnel. Really just to me, good sense. coaching has always been looking at the personnel you have and fitting your offense around the personnel. All right, let's get to the round table. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the Dogs, and it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25 20, like that. Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on Chip Towers. Talk a little Bulldog football today as they get ready for this fan base really excited to get under the lights at sanford stadium chip how about you as a member of the media can you hardly wait to see that red light show <laughs> well it, you know it is impressive
6: anytime you're in there uh y- you know it's hard not to get you know swept up in the you know the sort of manufactured excitement i would say we have actually the other thing is georgia hasn't played a bunch of these right i mean uh, in the last few years they just haven't had all that many 7:30 games, you know, where it was truly, um, you know, dark in the fourth quarter. Um, they had, you know, somewhat of a, uh, of that earlier this year with a six o'clock start, but this will be, you know, pretty much dark at, at kickoff. So they'll get to whip out their red led lights. But, you know, uh, uh you know, for me, I just, you, you know, I just want to get, uh, get my stuff done, you know, um, at a decent time and, and and try to get a little sleep because that's a, that's a late finish for me uh, well after midnight before I'll get home.
1: Chip, we've heard this injury report is the longest than in recent memory, uh, as long as it's ever been. Georgia going to have enough players to tee it up? Yeah, the, well,
6: the good the good news for Georgia is they're playing UAB, you know, and not Auburn this week. And so kind of for me, the focus is on who can they get back and, and to what level, uh, you, you know, a physical uh, percentage will they be for Auburn, you know, next week. Uh, UAB, you know, look, um, you know, Trent Dilfer's in his first year over there and, and this is, this is, this is a, you know, this had not been a great schedule early on anyway. You know, uh, certainly South Carolina may take exception to that. But, uh, you know, UAB, this is a bad UAB team that Georgia's is going to be playing. So, uh, you know, I don't suspect that you'll see, you know, Georgia's starters on the field for too long. I mean, you, you got to hope that you want. And uh, between the environment being a night game, the fans being fired up about that and, you um, and all that, I think you get your starters off the, off the field pretty quick. But you know, some of the things that that Georgia's got going on. I mean, I don't know that Lad McConkey's going to be back anytime soon. What is the deal, uh, Chip? What do you situation? know about
1: the back? I mean, it, 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 they, they, it, it, in the beginning, it seemed like it was a minor thing. This isn't minor. Yeah, no, it's not minor. And, and you know, they haven't shared
6: any details, uh, you know, in terms of what exactly the malady is. But the way I understand it is it, it's a uh, you know lower back spasming type of situation that he'll be fine uh and then he'll go out there and practice and and he'll be fine during practice and then it'll seize up on him later you know and 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 then he can barely walk you know so i think any of us in the world who have dealt with back issues really i mean it's just complicated i, you know, I don't know why god made him that way but you know backs can be really really complicated and he's dealing with a serious Situation and um, you know so they're and they're taking every precaution and my understanding is he he wants to play he wants to get out there but Georgia does have uh, you know a pretty good representation at the wide receiver position I don't know you know I, I definitely think I mean basically you've got Arian Smith stepping in for Lab McConkie, primarily at that flanker position. And they're totally different players, right? I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 it gives Georgia a totally different look, and I think Georgia's losing something, you know, with the look they have. But overall, they have a lot of talent in the wide receiver core, and I think they'll be okay there. You know, the other situation is Amarius Mims, um, you know he's going to be at least four weeks. Uh, you know he's getting the tightrope uh, ankle surgery, and you know, yes, I mean uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungabaloa and some others have come back in four weeks from that, but they weren't six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds either. You know, so uh, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, skeptical about when he might be able to get back, and so that it just causes a shuffle all the way down your line. Again, George is very deep at that position. Uh, they would probably, you know, even with Mims out of the mix might still have the best line in the SEC. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's not as good as it would have been with the merriest Mims in there moving. I, I suspect you'll see Truss go to right tackle again. Cause from where I was in the press box Saturday, it looked like he played really, really well, um, against South Carolina and then Dylan Fairchild or whoever else at left guard, but that's, uh, that's an issue. And then the backfield situation uh, is really thin. Crazy thin, the thinnest I've ever seen um, at Georgia. So they they they've been hit pretty hard, and and you know I, I feel like Georgia's at a critical juncture. Not Saturday against uab but you know it's about crank up going on the road to auburn and and uh you know and, and seven straight sec games so uh you know it's cranking up and and i feel like Georgia's at a critical juncture
1: you know most of the talk at the coffee shop is about the offense uh bobo and beck obviously the criticism there uh yeah i just don't understand a lot of it but uh, that seems to go on most uh Every morning at the coffee shop, but one thing you can count on is to the Georgia defense to show up big, and and they're going to hang their hat on this defense all season long. The way they have the the previous two seasons, this is the best defense I've seen early on in the season.
6: Yeah, I mean they're they're good. It's interesting uh, talking to Zion Lode yesterday. Um, he was he, he said that Georgia's defensive performance so uh, so far makes him sick. Makes him want to throw up. And that's that's nothing more than they've given up three touchdowns already. You know, at, at, at this point last year, Georgia was giving up 3.3 points a game. Of course, they opened the season against Oregon um, last year. So it's all relative, right? And they've given up a rushing touchdown, you know, gasp. Um, oh, my you know, Lord. They're, they're 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 really upset about that. Uh, and overall, Georgia is—you know—they have been—you know—they gave up over a hundred yards in the first game. But it granted, most of it quarterback run, um, but you know there's there's some flaws on that defensive side of the ball that they want to shore up. And uh, listen, I don't expect UAB to score this week. I don't. I mean, I won't predict a shutout. Uh, Where are those flaws Georgia's at? Defenses, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think uh, I, I think the defensive line is not quite as dominant. Uh, if you look, Georgia's given up ten yards more a game rushing. So I tell so you what just, I like you know, though is
1: you got these stifle. you got these veterans that are the starters and this this group of young puppies that have been yeah. rotating in there. Uh, I tell you the future looks bright on this defensive line. I think the more these young guys play, the better this defensive line is going to be. Well, you're right, Buck. And this is, this is where,
6: whether you're talking about offense or defense and, and, and I, I'm like you, you know, I get a lot of feedback about what's, what's wrong with the offense. And if you look, they're, they're averaging almost exactly what, you know, they were at this point last year, but, uh, it, it, it's really all, it, it, it's really, uh, about efficiency and, um, that's what, you know, when you get where Georgia has been, you know, uh, almost perfect over the last two seasons, you know, flaws tend to stand out. But uh, but they're almost uh, exactly where they were a year ago. They're going about it a little bit different. Uh, Carson Beck is throwing the football a little bit more. Uh, they've had some inefficiency inside the red zone. I think there's some explanations for that, not the least of which is like, you know, I counted like seven uh, first and tens, you know, inside the fourteen yard line, and that's a very difficult area of the field to operate in. Yeah, you want to overpower and punch it in there, but they've kind of had some weird stuff happen to them, not the goodness, least which. especially without Darnell Washington on. blocking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so they're they're not the same team, but it's not static, right? It's a, this is not a static situation. I mean, it's 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 going to develop all all across the uh, in, entirety of the season, and if one thing. Kirby and listen, he is going for his 85th win in 100 games this Saturday. Wow! Uh, again, I'll predict that he's going to get this. But the the one <laughs> trait all his teams have had, they got significantly better from the beginning to the end of the year. That's because they're coached up and practiced hard all year long. So I feel like is going to get a lot better in all those areas that are deficient right now.
1: Chip, uh, keep up the good work at the AJC, man. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you. Okay, see you down the road, bud. Chip Towers working at Beat Rider for the AJC on those Georgia Bulldogs like nobody's business. 680 The Fan, the green card, will be back, and it's going to be back early in the morning time. Deal of the year is what it is. You get to play six of the area's top courses for one low price of $199. Six rounds of golf for only $199. That's a $470 value, and we're talking about some really quality courses. Cherokee Run, Collins Hill, Country Club of Gwinnett, Mystery Valley, Sequoia National. I can't wait to play there. And Wolf Creek. Supplies are going to run out fast. We just got 200 of these things. And uh, the sale goes on, starts tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So I want to coach you up and get you ready. 9 a.m. in the morning. Cards go on sale. The green card is back. Play some great golf. You can get those at 680thefan.com. Starts tomorrow morning. So jump on it. Jump on it. All right, coming up next, one big reason why the Falcons should be concerned. And it's got nothing to do with Desmond Ritter. You got the Buck show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
4: This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning.
1: Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons game on Sunday in Detroit, taking on the Lions. Falcons trying to go 3-0 for the first time since 17. And the one thing they should be concerned about is this Falcons defense will be facing one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League in Jared Goff. Ninth year in the National Football League. He's got over 100 games of experience in the prime of his career. And with the Lions, we're talking about a guy that has thrown 52 touchdown passes and only 16 interceptions, completing almost 70% of his passes. You look at the top five in QBR. Uh, he's number seven uh, in the top ten uh, uh, in that QBR. Uses the entire field. The dude's six 6'5 in cleats, can make all the throws. Got a good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. Let's hear from um, the Falcons head coach talking about golf. He's played at a high level for, for a long time, been in a lot of big games. Good player,
5: live arm. That's what people love about him coming out. You know, I always love when the guy's a number one pick and they act like you know, some kind of reclamation project. This guy's a pretty damn good player. Pretty good player for the Rams. It's been pretty damn good for Detroit. He can make any throw. Um, you know, it's our job to make sure, make things hard for him. Easier said than done, but uh, he's done a really nice job.
1: So that's the big concern. Ryan Nielsen and this Falcons defense, they got to get the job done. Let's get to the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. I want to invite you to check out the Friday night football game of the week on Extra 106.3 North Cobb playing Milton tomorrow night. And then we've got our Georgia high school scoreboard show after that. Presented by Johnny's New York Style Pizza, WNB Factory, Piedmont Urgent Care, and Fox 5 Atlanta. The Blue Boys, we've got a Thursday night game of the week. Tonight, we play the Brookwood Broncos, and we are 0-4. Lost a couple of tight games last week. Clark Central, we lost in overtime on a walk-off reverse pass. So we could easily be two and two looking to get a win tonight. I gave a little pep talk to the blue boys this morning before they left to go to work. So hopefully we got some good news for you tomorrow. Hey, heads up. Chuck and Chernoff are gonna be in Hiram today, broadcasting live at Buffalo Wild Wings. So I want to invite you to get on in there and win some nice prizes. Check out Chuck and Chernoff today. Buffalo Wild Wing and Hiram. That's gonna do it for me. Got Nick and Chris coming up next. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you both.
3: Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.